It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. LarryKudlowShow.com. You can live stream us throughout the country and around the globe and throughout the solar system. We will turn to the Ukraine story. And we bring in our dear friend and mentor, General Jack Keane, retired four-star general, chairman, Institute for the Study of War, and Fox News senior strategic analyst. And I also want to add, as I always do, a Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient. I was in the room when he received that great award. So, General Keene, thank you, sir. I know you're very busy. Everybody wants you, um, but you're blessing us with your presence. I want to begin. I'm just looking at the Wall Street Journal uh, page here. Russian strikes intensify near Kyiv. Zelensky says Russian forces abducted the mayor of a southern Ukrainian city, foresees new stage of terror. But, General, I wanted to ask you, so the Russians don't seem to really be making headway to take Kyiv, and the convoy has been broken up. I was listening to Brett Baer reporting last night saying that although the odds are stacked against the Ukrainians, in some sense the Ukrainians are actually winning in the, in the Kyiv assault. And I just wondered how you saw this military situation. Yeah, sure, certainly, Larry. It's taken them a little over two weeks to finally reach the outskirts of Kyiv with their combat formations there to the northeast and to the northwest, split by the Nipper River, which runs right through the, uh, the center of the city, and that's why they have forces on both sides of it. So they're in the final stages of preparation for what I would term the battle for Kyiv. Mm. And, and they're, they're, the last couple of days, they had some, uh, they were in some pretty good fights. You've probably seen some of the, the videos that have been out there uh, looking at those fights, and, and they had troubles with them. So they're replacing, they're trying to uh, bring replacement vehicles, replacement supplies, and replacement people forward. The people that bring them forward are going to be likely uh, considerably less trained than the people that are already there who are not very well trained to begin with. So what, is, what will happen now is they'll try to bring up uh, as much artillery and other units as they can to join with their forward units that are on the outskirts of the city. The Ukrainians will interfere with that, and, and they've been very good at it. And then they'll begin to encircle the city on the east side of the river and the west side of the river. There's two mechanized Ukrainian brigades defending those axes, and that will be a tough fight. Uh, to get down and encircle the city. They want to encircle the city, Larry, so they can bring their artillery to bear and begin to hammer the city with area attack weapons like artillery and rocket artillery to rubble the city as much as they they possibly can and also use aerial bombardment uh, in addition to that. Their intent then would be, if they could, and this will take some time, their intent, and there's no guarantee that they're going to be able, the Russians are going to be able to encircle the city because the Ukrainians are going to fight them tooth and nail here. And uh, and they understand the significance, the Ukrainians certainly understand the significance of what the capital city represents to the entire campaign. Um, but their intent would be to rubble the city as much as possible and get a capitulation out of 
Zelensky without having to go into the city. Uh, and you've seen some of that being uh, carried out in some of the other cities where they uh, surrounded it. Uh, that's unlikely to happen, and they'll have to put forces inside the city. As poorly trained as the Russians uh, uh, seem to be in just uh, making an approach from the Belarus border to to the outskirts of Kiev and all the problems they've had, that indicates to me they're not going to be very well trained to deal with urban warfare, which is the most demanding type of close combat. And it does favor the defense. So I think in front of us, Larry, we have uh, likely uh, a, a number of weeks to deal with the battle for Kiev. Hmm. And the and the outcome, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I would have, I was saying it, uh, it's a given. You know, that the Russians will uh, will overmatch the Ukrainians, and, and it's no longer a given, given the poor performance of the Russians and the extraordinary performance of the Ukrainians. Where does this lead? I mean, you, Ukrainians... So you're saying, sir, if I get this right, you're saying there's very good chance the Ukrainians can stop them from taking Kiev. It's possible. You know, it's possible. And and, and, uh, and most of us would never have said that a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. I mean, what he wants, and, and this is why the the strategy is so fundamentally flawed. He wants to topple the government, and he actually said it's not his and topple the government, make certain uh, Ukraine is neutral. It's in Russia's orbit, and it's not his intent to occupy Ukraine. Now that. That's uh, an, an extraordinary statement because, yes, he would install a government that uh, Ukraine had once before, which is a pro-Russian government, and the people without arms, with no military involved, threw that leader out of the country. He fled to Russia. His name was Yanukovych mm. in 2014. Mm. And can you imagine, Russia would have to occupy the country, Larry, mm. to keep that, that pro-Russian government installed. And that would take more troops than what they have right now trying to take the country uh, because the people will fight back. That's why this strategically this thing is so fundamentally flawed on the part of the Russians. And it's largely due to their significant underestimation of the Ukrainian people and the Ukrainian military. And for the life of me, I mean, how could they so grossly miscalculate that, having been involved in Ukraine for the last eight years and still mm -hmm. come to that conclusion is mystifying to most of us. It's a Putin defeat. Ultimately, it's going to be a Putin defeat. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. Mm. He, uh, he he will not, in the long run, he will not have Ukraine in his orbit. Uh, NATO is strengthening. He's going to have more troops on his border, his western border now, in eastern NATO countries than they have ever had before. And certainly his economy is going to tank as a result of it. And while his people may not be feeling it right now immediately, they are going to feel it at some point. And certainly that's going to put huge pressure on the regime. And I would suspect that he's, he's going to face some leadership issues at some point, you know, dealing with his military and the elites that are prosecuting this war and the flawed strategy to enter into this conflict. And also, the leadership issues he'll face with his own people at some point. I don't think that's immediate, because they're controlling the narrative there on state television and radio, and they've locked down, you know, and locked out all the international broadcasting and the internet itself. 
but that'll take some time. If that's, uh, but yes, I mean, this is a major strategic failure on on his part. It's, mm. it, it is, it's not disputable. Yeah. Um, just couple of, to revisit a couple of things that we talked about on television. Um, is, is, is one reads it's reported Zelensky, and I don't know whether it's through Erdogan in Turkey or. Uh, Bennett from Israel or emissaries from Ukraine to Russia, but that Zelensky is saying, look, we won't go into NATO uh, and you can have uh, some sort of sovereignty for these Donetsk uh, territories in the uh, eastern part of the country. But I'm just, you know, as I listen to you, and th these are my instincts that this thing's going very badly for Putin, you know, maybe Zelensky doesn't have to give that stuff up. Yeah, I mean, I think the concession on NATO, given the fact that we know uh, the 30 countries in NATO would not approve Ukraine becoming a part of NATO if a vote was taken today. Also, they don't meet the, the conditions and criteria to join NATO, given some of the corruption and other issues that they have inside the country. And as long as Russians are inside the country... That would be a disqualifier uh, as well. It's got to be uh, an independent, sovereign state where they're completely in control. You know, if you're going to be in NATO, so I, I, I don't think that's big a deal. Uh, and then Putin knew full well before he launched the invasion, although he was always using the NATO banner, you know, as part of his his narrative. He knew full well that Ukraine uh, was likely not going to uh, be in NATO anytime soon. So that concession, I, and I don't think that's a big deal for the Ukrainian people. But the other one is, and he part, uh, Zelensky parsed that a little bit. It's not that he would be willing to give up the breakaway two republics where the Russian separatists have had uh, some level of control. They control one-third of each one of those republics. Uh, they have gained more control of it now. And what, what Zelensky said is we would have to work out how Ukrainians can live in those republics and still be a part of Ukraine. Hmm. So that is a negotiating hmm. item, as I as the way I took it. He just wouldn't summarily give those republics away. I don't believe his people would approve of that whatsoever. I mean, hmm. they are hard fast about not giving up Ukrainian people and the territory that they're residing in to the Russians. So are there peace talks progressing at all, or we just have to go through this Kyiv process where the Russians kind of come in and the Ukrainians slam back? Yeah, I, I think Putin always talks during conflict, like uh, Schultz and the Macron are talking to him the last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. He'll always do that. Uh, but you know the person that's leading the discussions on the Belarus border with the Ukrainians in these negotiations is the deputy secretary of culture uh, who has <laughs> okay who has no standing <laughs> right. whatsoever in the Russian government right so, so they're sending it, a it, corporal to deal yeah, with yeah it's it's farcical you know. <laughs> okay Putin Larry Putin's intent, even though it just took longer than he expected, um, and he lost more casualties than expected, he is absolutely determined to take Kiev, to topple this government, to take control 
of, of this country, and he's about it, and he's going to stick with it no matter who's talking to him, Macron, Schultz. Hmm. Biden, Biden has done the right thing in not talking to him because he knows finally he got some good advice. He knows it's a complete waste of time. Uh, and, they, you know, they tried this multiple times before the invasion, and nothing nothing uh, dissuaded Putin. He was going to come the whole time. And he is still about accomplishing that mission. And he's not going to give up on that mission because it would be abject failure in the face of his people, in his mind. Mm. So he's going to stay with it, Larry. So the world look at this. The weakness of the Red Army and the weakness of Vladimir Putin. Putin come out of this in a much weaker, lesser position than he went in? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, yeah I, I think that's almost guaranteed. I mean, he put on the battlefield an army that it's that everybody who's looked at it has come to the same conclusion. This army is poorly led. It is poorly trained. It does not know how to fight. Mm. It, it doesn't fight in formations. It, it, when they're fired upon, they react as individuals or as individual tanks. They've never been in a combat formation that I have seen. Putting putting tanks and fighting vehicles in a single file and running them down the road, you would only do that to move from one point to another knowing you're going to be unopposed, knowing there's going to be no contact. And you would put reconnaissance out in front of it to make certain that that was the case. Otherwise, if you believe you're going to be in contact, you're going to be in a combat formation, and a single file is not a combat formation. But that is what they're using the entire time. And then when they're fired upon, they don't go into a formation to fight back. They just pull off to the sides, and some of the people run out of their vehicles. Hmm. I mean, I've never seen anything uh, quite like it. So, yeah, I mean, his army is performing considerably below what is an acceptable standard for a, mm. a conventional uh, army fighting a combined arms fight. Or well, certainly and they, a superpower. Yeah, and, and, I mean, it's, it's, oh ver- God, it's very yeah. un-superpower-like. Yeah, so you're right about that. I mean, uh, Putin wanted to showcase his military here, mm. have a quick success, and use it as an intimidator for others. This is what you're going to face. Uh, so when I'm looking for concessions from you, uh, president of Moldova or another country, this is what you're going to face. And everybody's looking at it, and they, they, there's only one conclusion you can come to, and that's weirdness, and it's got to be associated with him. You're absolutely right. When Just last one, sir. When the convoy broke down, I mean, it was reported that the soldiers were, were going into the tree line or some such thing. Are they fleeing the army? Is there like a total breakdown in discipline or what? Yeah, that's discipline. They're just running for their lives. Yeah. yeah. Now, now if, if the, the right thing to do, you know, we all saw that same video and they were, that road was passing through what looked like a small village or a small town, residential uh, homes and, and industry things on the side of the road. So if you're coming through that and you suspect that you may uh, have contact there, the infantry that are, that are accompanying them should have been deployed on foot mm. and move through those uh, through those communities to make certain and flush out any enemy that was in there. That's where they were firing from. 
and and, and just it's just basic one on one stuff. I right? mm. when people have been trained to you know to fight wars are looking at that, just scratching their head and saying, "My God, who would ever do anything like that?" Mm. In, in in broad daylight, the leader of that organization brought his his people right into an ambush, mm. which which is there's certainly very fundamental ways to avoid something like that. Wow. Well, good. Putin takes the defeat, whatever. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Not, to a nicer Unavoidable. Yes. Right, I agree with you. General Jack Keane, thank you, sir. You are so great. We appreciate your time this morning. I know you're very, very busy. We'll, take, uh, we'll talk soon. I think you're going to come on the TV show on Monday, so you'll give us another yeah. fabulous update. Really appreciate it. Thank We're going to take a quick break. enjoy it. Thanks. Yes, sir. We'll take a quick break. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Don't go away. Much more coming. Just stay with us. This is the Larry Kudlow Show.